said Every couple weeks It's like the song is on repeat I kinda wish you to see That you don't wanna mess with me Cause I am thinking skeleton And my blood is glittery friends. Welcome back for another episode of Grit and Glitter. I am your host for this week, M. Fear, while Harley and his lovely wife, Monica, are off trotting around the West Coast on their honeymoon. I hope you are listening, Harley, but not too early. Hope you guys are sleeping in and having a wonderful time in your travels and adventures. And if you are one of our West Coast friends and you happen to see Harley R. Paget out in the wild, approach, but approach carefully because remember, he is Canadian and startles easily. So this week's episode was actually supposed to be last week's episode, but as we put out on our Twitter and as you might have guessed, we were delayed a little bit because this week's topic proved to be a little bit more elusive than we first thought it was going to be. I am joined by Lindsay, who can can back me up on this. Hey, what's up? I'm Lindsay. Um, I drop pictures on Twitter and sometimes Instagram. Big WoW fan, kind of, like from the one season I've seen. But yeah, they had a whole like run around with, oh, it's 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 being added to syndication. Check your local listings on CBS and CW affiliates. And I don't know, like I thought I was the only one that was like having this like run around. I couldn't find the listing on my CW. I wrote an email, like a 40-year-old <laughs> boomer. I wrote an email to the like TV station. Like, are you going to show this program? <laughs> no reply. But, um, yeah, some random person like just commented on one of my statuses bemoaning it and was like, here, check this. It's on Sunday, actually. And then you started seeing other people that are like, oh, wow, mine's airing at Monday at one in the morning. So (laughs) everybody's kind of had a a hard time getting into wow, which, you know, is a bummer. (laughs) But we're here now and we're wowed. (laughs) it is tricky when you are, when you're, you know, when you've got a digital setup, like I do, and a lot of people do now, and you're very streaming reliant. Um, I don't have a reliable connection to local television. Um, previously a couple of years ago, when I was still watching ring of honor in syndication on a regular, that was a little different, but now it's a little bit more challenging to get connected to my local, like CW stations. Um, I have Mm -hmm. sling, like a lot of people do to get cable channels, but sling doesn't include your like local channels. You get those through an antenna and CW is pretty spotty in my house. The other problem Mm -hmm. is like you mentioned the time slots. So for some people, the time slot is like, you know, our Saturday one isn't terrible. Our Saturday one is 1130, which I'm an old lady. And if I'm not actually out and about on a Saturday night, I'm usually asleep by then. But on occasion, I could probably make that. Our Sunday night time slot is at midnight. And those are your weekly wow airings in my region. Otherwise, you have to have some form of backup option if you don't want to be staying up till one o'clock in the morning on a a workday night. So it's tricky for everybody. Everybody was kind of scrambling to try and figure out in their market where they could watch it and how they could watch it. And I think we all just have been kind of uh, spoiled by the glut of streaming options. It's just so unusual in this day and age to not have an immediate gratification in the form of a streaming option. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not like um, SmackDown on Fox where it's like, oh, everyone just has like a Fox local station and it plays at 9 p.m. on Fridays. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't like syndication. That. It was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, syndication yeah. comes with its with its own rules and its own its own airing schedules per market. Um, so it very much follows that ROH model, except that ROH reliably if you couldn't catch the stream whenever it dropped on the weekend, you could reliably watch it on Monday at usually at some point. Sometimes it didn't drop right away, but most of the times by 6 p.m. on Monday evening, 6 p.m. Eastern time, you could watch the whole episode. So um, thanks to our Glitterati member, Val Pancakes, who did a little bit of extra digging and contacted Wild directly, um, we were informed that as of Tuesday, Tuesday of last week, the uh, first episode of season eight of Wow Superheroes would be on YouTube. I expected this to be the whole episode, but if you watched it on YouTube, it's actually the four matches that are in the first episode just kind of independently cut. So there is stuff in this episode that I have not seen yet because I haven't seen like the episode as it aired in syndication. I've only seen the matches as they were presented on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I um I got to watch it. Mine aired Sunday at 5 p.m. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of convenient. Um and for me, you know, that's gonna catch a more casual market, which they're looking to do. Um, but anyway, it, it had a couple of, like intro videos you didn't miss too much, just some video packages. Um, but the pacing with like the CW's commercials was just like awful. Like I again, like I'm just spoiled by internet streaming and just like a little commercial break once or twice. Like this was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I remember it could be pretty tedious when it came to commercial breaks for ROH episodes. Um, mm -hmm. And syndication isn't known for its like highest caliber commercials either. So you are mm -hmm. seeing your like very locally based like marketing targeted marketing, oh, but. Yeah. You know, it is nice to be it. I, I think there is kind of a, a cool old school um, beauty into having something that's on syndicated television and could pick up a casual viewer. I, I do think that there is value mm -hmm. there. It's just it's so weirdly at odds with how wrestling is is distributed at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it <laughs> when we were complaining about it last week of like trying to find it and desperately searching for it and how, why is it so hard? It's 2022. Why is it so difficult to find a single episode of television? We couldn't even pirate it. Like full disclosure, we had people yeah. trying to find it through illegal means and you couldn't even find it. That's how kind of hard to come by this was. It reminded me of the times when me and Harley have talked about Shimmer and other promotions that have kind of reluctantly only like started dipping a toe into streaming and how mm -hmm. for the longest time they held out because they, you know, made their primary money through DVD sales. And that was how they always had distributed their, their shows, but how at a certain point in, in now that the model has so thoroughly changed, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. Like it's, it's just yeah. not a rational way of doing things. I can watch a tiny independent promotion out of Nebraska easier than I can watch. Wow. Superheroes, which is yeah, you know, yeah. a much apparently like, you know, proportionally much bigger deal. Mm -hmm. So that was our difficulty last week. And that is why this episode is coming to you a week after the premiere episode dropped. Um, technically it hit syndication markets 
um, the weekend of September 17th. So we have kind of spent the week catching up with it. Lindsay, you were lucky to see the whole episode. I watched things kind of piecemeal via YouTube, but it is kind of the same wow that it was before. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what Women of Wrestling is. Um, Women of Wrestling has been in existence in some form or another since 2000, which is pretty crazy. Um, it hasn't been consistently in production. It hasn't been going like all the time since 2000, but it premiered, it, I think it had first few shows in 2000, 2001, and then kind of disappears. Like you don't see much about it between then and when it comes back in 2013. Or the owner slash, I guess the real like, you know, propelling force of women of wrestling is David McLean, who, if you um, listen to Grit, Glitter, and Glow on our Patreon, or if you're just a fan of the original Glow, you will know as the uh, founder of that promotions last show. David McLean continues to be um, in a uh, just a unstoppable carny force in women's wrestling and other forms of entertainment. Um, and the fact that he can keep wow in existence for as long as he has really is a testament to both willpower and the caniness and the ability to find people to fund his enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a humble pitch for any uh, billionaires that might be listening, like my friend Ginny Bus, owner of Wow. Um, if you want to make a biopic about David McLean, cast Bob Odenkirk, it would work. <laughs> it would work. It's such a good idea, Lindsay. It's <laughs> such a good idea. Because um, not only do I think Odenkirk would nail him visually, because I do mm-hmm. think that there's some similarities in that, I think he could nail his. Um, I don't even know how to describe McLean because his mannerisms kind of like, um, Buzz <laughs> Dunkel. <laughs> yes. The uncle that doesn't drink too much, but he has like a couple Mike's hard lemonades and he starts like saying like wowzers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, um, like glorious cheese ball energy to him. He seems kind of ever young, despite the fact that like he's probably getting up there at this point. I mean, yeah, yeah. He found it, he found a glow in the 80s. And at that point, I think he was in his like maybe late 20s. And since then, he's been kind of omnipresent around here and there. He's done things like sponsoring a roller hockey league and pro beach mm-hmm. hockey and like very fascinating guy. Definitely deserves a biopic. Mm-hmm. Would love to see a straight up biopic of David McLean. Not the version that we get in Netflix's Glow. I, I like what they do with that archetype and the way that they twist it. But I really am more fascinated by the man himself. And I would love to like see mm-hmm. his like straight up story. Mm-hmm, so absolutely. as you mentioned, Jeannie Bus is the now co-owner of Women of Wrestling. Um, and she became kind of a bigger presence when the show dropped into Access in 2019. And that was kind of when the show got a much, much bigger profile. Access at that time mm-hmm. had um had it was kind of a wrestling blow-up during that period of Access because they had already been streaming their like clipped hour-long version of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They picked up Impact for a short period of time, and they also picked up, well, Women of Wrestling. So in a very brief period of 2019, there were three wrestling shows on this little, like, cable network that previously had had, like, just, I don't know, like, VH1-esque content and not much else to, to pitch for it. 
Um, but suddenly it became the streaming place to, to go for like certain niche areas of pro wrestling that weren't like your like WWE's or your, you know, well, AEW didn't exist at that point. So at that mm-hmm. point, it was really just those three, like those three were getting this kind of kind of cool TV spot if you had access to that channel, which most people do if you have like a sling or your basic cable package. So that aired on there and on Pluto TV. And then something kind of funny happened. You mentioned this off air, Lindsay, but in 2020, it felt like there that WoW was possibly done. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say that um, maybe there was just like an, a news article or something that was like, oh yeah, the it's been canceled. And, and then like a few months went by and they're like, just kidding. We've got AJ Mendez and she's here <laughs> to bring back WoW. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. in October of last year, it was announced. They had kind of hinted this prior to the announcement of the deal, but it was basically like the promotion is dead now that the show has been canceled. Oh, wait, maybe not. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And then in October of 2021, it was announced that Viacom and CBS had entered into a multi year agreement for WOW. So that the details of which were not like super public. It wasn't really sure. Like, would they get a network deal? Would they get, would they be on Mm -hmm. an actual station? Would they be on one of the streaming platforms? That wasn't clear, but it became clear that, um, that wow was still going to happen. And with that deal came a, a slew of, of notable things like AJ being, you know, suddenly becoming a major part of, of the promotion in both like mm-hmm. in common in both at like in like action because she's on commentary but also um just like becoming a like active promotional part of the show like if you look up women of wrestling at this point you're going to find interviews with her specifically yeah, Which I think yeah. Is cool. executive producer yeah yeah so that lended a lot of credibility into WoW's comeback and then it was announced that it would go into syndication. And um, in addition to that, they dropped season episodes from their season one, which I'm not exactly sure what that, like what those episodes really are or what, what time period they're from. It's the, um, it's the, it's like 32 episodes from the 2018, 2019 recording they did. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, so in January of this year, those episodes, those um, like 2018-2019 runs, those dropped on Pluto TV and the CW app. So I think that for some of us, it was a little confusing that like we could watch the new series in syndication, but these older episodes were available in streaming. And I think that's what a lot of us expected the new series mm-hmm. to end up to. Like, yeah, just, yeah, like that would have made some sense. So yet another- Maybe it was you that told me the episode there's, I think they're going to premiere on Pluto TV on Wednesdays on like the pro wrestling channel. Maybe that I I saw that somewhere. I think I saw that somewhere too, but I'm not entirely sure. And it's so confusing because Viacom CBS, there's so many different streaming platforms now that um, overlap Mm -hmm. with like, I kept looking at Paramount plus thinking, well, Viacom CBS is all over Paramount plus yeah. so yeah but it's only certain aspects of it so mm-hmm. like some and things that are in syndication have different deals because of the way that those market deals and that distribution works so it's just yeah it's i mean it's just a little it's a little reminder to us that like 
you know, there was a reason why ROH had to function the way that it did for so long under Sinclair Mm -hmm. and the whole like TV taping schedule where you film a bunch of episodes that end up in syndication, but you're also like your syndication markets don't necessarily sync up. So you have no idea if your audience has seen like your most recent episode and at what point they've seen it, et cetera. This Mm -hmm. does lead itself to be a little um, hard when you keep trying to like build momentum for your promotion like Mm -hmm. it does put a ceiling on where you can go in my mind yeah yeah but I mean it is cool that wow still exists because as of 2020 when access canceled the series basically dropping the bulk of its wrestling content um it was pretty much assumed that wow was just going to finally finally end but David McLean has some kind of like, I don't know, dark works magic? magic. Yeah. Tell you, consummate carny, this guy. Yeah, yeah. Born, <laughs> born to do this. So so we talked about kind of you know where it came from, how it con- has continued to exist. But what is women of wrestling? Lindsay, how would you describe this show? It's not, you know, if you're if you're going into it and you're a fan of like wwe or if you you watch women's wrestling or or heck maybe you're coming from a different angle entirely and you watch mostly like independent wrestling or you watch like you know you're watching combat fights unlimited by our literati member mayday and you're watching yes. like, like, hardcore women's wrestling like what how does women of wrestling distinguish itself oh man well i would call it and i mean this in a very like kind way but kind of like a knockoff glow yeah, it's got the campiness. It doesn't have the little skits that Glow does. Although, you know, there are little video packages where the girls act and it's great. Like <laughs> it's it's some good like really like kind of like B movie stuff and uh you can see a lot of people having fun, which is great. And it's funny that you mentioned combat fights. I was actually just watching that before this and some of the like women on that are also in wow and it's like it's like two different coins but it's it's great it's it's really campy um it's a lot of newer women wrestlers too it's older ones um it's it's fun that's what i would wrap it up as it's not really like super serious yeah it doesn't take itself super seriously it's definitely in that glow mold david mcclain definitely has a like vision of what he enjoys about marketing and packaging women's wrestling mm-hmm. and they have replaced a lot of the like skits and raps etc that was in the original glow with um kind of a like almost like new sports packaging the way that they do like the olympics the way they do the way they do like you know those kind of prestige um athletic broadcasts now where they have these like kind of soulful and um, mm-hmm. emotional um, yeah. vignettes they allow you to get to know these competitors as like competitors mm-hmm. so like there are stories that are built amongst people but it's a lot of like marketing them and their backstory these characters backstories and a really fun thing if you're just interested in doing this listening at home go on to the women of wrestling wikipedia which must have someone working for wow must have filled all of this out because it's exhaustively detailed you can look at the entire roster of the current season of wow superheroes and you can read bios for all of these characters it's um something that's really interesting to me is that unlike a lot of wrestling promotions now um you you know 
there's one Becky Lynch, right? Like there's one Charlotte Flair, there's Bianca Belair, there's uh, Britt Baker. Like these women play their, their wrestling, their, their wrestling character, their wrestling gimmick. There isn't going to be like, you know, in six months, if Becky Lynch decides to leave wrestling, there's not going to be someone else who comes in and is the new Becky Lynch. Yeah. There's not like second generation Becky Lynch. Wow. However, is character first wrestler second. So there are wrestler characters that have been in wow since 2000 or 2001. They're just Mm -hmm. being played by somebody else. So it works in the form of like a superhero story rather than like a wrestling story, which I think is neat. I I actually, you don't see that a ton now, but it's something that WoW has been doing for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's some new versions that are in this, uh, this season. Um, but the, the whole thing with the webpage bios, one of the new people or not new people, she was in the 2019 season, but one of the women that was in the episode that just aired Adriana Gambino, she um on her webpage it implies that she murdered her ex-boyfriend before becoming a wrestler <laughs> and they're like oh don't worry about it it was taken uh it was taken the trial was uh dismissed or whatever don't worry about it it never comes up but i'm kind of hoping they maybe like bring it in to this that could be kind of cool yes so i have the bio actually right in front of me i, I need to quote this exactly mm-hmm. following the mysterious disappearance and subsequent grisly discovery of her ex-boyfriend's body Adriana arrived at WOW amid accusations of foul play. However, with the murder trial curiously settling out of court, Adriana is forging a new path in the world of wrestling. I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm, forget about it. Like, it's, okay, this is not going to be a wrestling show for people who are like, I want strong style and cage fights and technical yeah. wrestling. Shooters. Uh, only. I want, I want nothing but blood and shooters. Yeah. Um, that's not wow. Wow is definitely like, I want color and character and, uh, and, and lights and, and music. I want like broad characters that have too much backstory. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And maybe have always wanted to get into acting a little bit. Like I see yeah. some budding stunt women out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely something like that is marketed towards a more like family and um, you know, like multi-ages and stuff, even more so than like even something like WWE that, mm-hmm. you know, wants to take itself as family friendly, but like definitely puts more wrestling, um, more put, puts less, less emphasis on this type of storytelling than it does on the like the way that it's always packaged itself. But like there's just <laughs> there's an absurd amount of backstory for any character. And one of the reasons is because these characters have existed in the promotion for a long time. You know, you have someone like there, there's been a coach Campanelli for a long time. There's mm-hmm. been a, um, I don't know. There's been a bunch of like most of the characters Fire. that we're seeing. Yes. Yeah. Most- that was, um, I saw that was Kiara Hogan in the 2019. 2019- <laughs> And, and then I think I saw um, that there was another fire in like 99 or something or not 99, uh, 2000, maybe 2001. And they're like, her footage never made it to air. And it's like, oh my God, poor fire. <laughs> There's like a whole like lost season of fire out there somewhere. <laughs> Randy Rara, who we see in the tag match at the beginning of the show. Randy yes. Rara has been a character since 2000, since like the very beginning of this promotion. Which uh, makes sense. 
that's you know her gimmick is a cheerleader that's a that's pretty evergreen yeah timeless um she has a great moment in her match i saw because i was watching the youtube ones before this to refresh myself uh she goes over to the top rope in the corner and goes rah rah and then she moonsaults onto nothing like her opponent rolls out of the way this poor girl it was like watching a baby bird like try to fly and fail oh my gosh that's actually the moment where that that match turns definitively for the Tonga twins so yeah Yeah. let's just let's jump in so season eight premiere you can watch it um you can watch the the matches in piecemeal on youtube or you can watch them in full if you can find it in syndication maybe you can watch the whole episode on pluto Mm -hmm. look around fingers crossed um (laughs) commentary is david mcclain stephen dickey and aj lee or aj mendes sorry um and then we have ring announcer uh lauren hunkel i believe Mm -hmm. Who yes. is and I think she's new for this season and she's she's delightful and very uh very chic as well. Yeah, so, that jacket um, she had. My gosh. So, so cool. I'm like, yeah. can I pull up that jacket? No. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh. we had uh they've had decent announcers in the past too. I think the the access seasons was Shaw Guerrero, correct? Yes, I miss her. I miss, I miss her. her. But the new, new girl's cool too. Um, I'm like a new girl. I'm like a new girl on the Mm -hmm. scene. So the Mm -hmm. first episode is four matches, all of which clock in under 10 minutes. So, um, you know, we're moving at quite a pace, but you get a decent amount of action in these things. I want to like, I want to say one thing that wow definitely has more of than glow ever did is they have seasoned wrestlers in their ranks and they have, they use them. Well, Um, you're not Mm going to be seeing like that many insane spots in this you're not gonna be seeing matches that go 20 minutes but you will be Mm -hmm. seeing some decent action in this especially because you've got wrestlers who like are are they have full wrestling careers outside of their characters in in wow Mm -hmm. so the first match we have is for the is the first round it's a first round in the wow world tag team championship tournament this match is between the tonga twins and chantelli chella and randy rara um, some mm-hmm. of these wrestlers, I know they're outside of WoW uh, wrestling personas, and some of them I either don't know because I, I just don't know, or um, I don't know because they're only really WoW wrestlers. They're like performers, but they're they, the only wrestling credits they have are WoW. So it can be a little confusing mm-hmm. if you're watching it. it it, for me, it's like always this game I'm playing with WoW, like, wait, who is that? Yes, yes, absolutely. I did that a lot in the 2019 season. They have um, Thunder Rosa is there, but first she's there as Cobra Moon, who I guess is also her Lucha Underground character. Yes. Um, and then, like, the next episode, I can't remember if they even call, like, mention it. They're just like, oh, and here comes Serpentine. And she's still a snake girl, but she has, like, a different color outfit. And it's still her, but she just has her hair down. <laughs> but it's and cool. Then- it's and you have that, but then you have people like Holly Dead, who is yeah. Holly Dead. <laughs> yeah, Holly Dead wrestling is Holly Dead, which is great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's very funny, like who gets to keep themselves, like their gimmick, mm-hmm. and who doesn't. Um, yeah. For the vast majority, it's going to be people who are who are in a wow role. So, for example, um, Ray Lynn is Chantelle Shella in Wow, mm-hmm. and I know Ray Lynn pretty well because she works a ton in this region. She's from my region. She works a ton in the wrestling area, like the different promotions in the like Western Pennsylvania and beyond. Um, and 
really excited to see her on this. I know that she has done previous seasons for a while. Um, Randy Rara, I couldn't find. I don't, I don't know that she wrestled outside of uh, out of Wow. Yeah, I think she's a new one. I think she's a new girl. Yeah, and that's kind of the brilliant thing about Wow too in training wrestlers is that like you have people who are going to be homegrown talents who are fulfilling like a character that has been well established. So they come in, they've got a backstory to work with. They've already got kind of a lineage to fall into. It it works. Like it's Mm -hmm. a different mode of wrestling than people are, than a lot of people might be used to, but it, it definitely works for a particular type of audience member, especially a casual viewer. This is Mm -hmm. easy, easy to slip into. Yeah. And then the Tonga twins also were not, were not, wrestlers i could find identities outside of wow yeah same but they got a heck of an entrance didn't they they did it was great like i they they love the pageantry in wow too which is another fun aspect of it Mm -hmm. and um it'll be cool to see how that plays out i know princess aussie had something kind of like that in the previous season um she had a bunch of like aboriginal tribe members come out with her and she had like a stick that she would wave around and david mcclain would always be like oh the stick represents togetherness <laughs> and uh, then she gets like kidnapped slash brainwashed by holodad and siren the voodoo doll who both rule and they burn her stick and it's fantastic so she doesn't do the entrance anymore but we'll see if the tonga twins keep their uh their entrance boys it'll be cool I, I would love that. I love the pageantry of, of wow. I really do. And mm-hmm. just, just, and just recapping some stuff. Like it's a really fun show to recap stories. I remember mm-hmm. people like kind of summarizing storylines that were happening in like the 2019 incarnation of like of, of, of the access. Wow. And mm-hmm. it's a really fun show just to be like, oh yeah. So there's this farmer's daughter and they're warring over a pig or something like it's. Yeah it gives you really silly premises that are fun to encapsulate. And then on the plus side, you get like, you get these like decent, these quick, but decent matches out of these stories too. I thought this mm-hmm. was a fun yeah. way to kick off the first episode too. I like that they're doing a tag team championship tournament. Um, it's cool to have a se- a like a big season premiere focus on that tag team a- action right out the gate. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kind of different to expect. And I, I thought both of these teams did a really fun job, but yeah, as you mentioned before, Randy Rara, the, the Tonga twins pretty much dominate right out of the gate and kind of, you know, bully Chantelle Shella out of the ring mm-hmm. when, when their team is a, able to kind of get the upper hand, Randy goes for, she goes for something off the top, off the, off the ropes and mm-hmm. misses it. And that's yes. kind of when, when the Tonga twins kind of definitively take over the match and that's, you know, seals their win. Mm-hmm. Plus, it makes Randy Rara look like you know a sad, pathetic little baby face. You're gonna want to see her eventually. You know, it does do more than land on her face. <laughs> <laughs> it felt correct too that the Tonga twins were the ones who took this this match, um, feeling it like the more solidified tag team between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. Plus, the twin thing with the tag teams is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly enough, the ones, the tag belts that were before this one, it was a uh, fire and adrenaline who had it, which is Kier Hogan and Diamante. 
Um, there was a story within that after they won the belts, they had them stolen by another pair of twins called the Dixie Darlings, who were just like two girls that wore Duck Dynasty outfits, kind of. My God. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think either, any of those four are working for a while this season. So we get a brand new tournament. Yeah. Um, as it's there, if you look at both the tag team championships and the like, wow, world championship, there are multiple occasions where titles just get vacated. I feel like mm-hmm. this is the, the consequence of having a character first mentality where like, you're going to lose your wrestlers here and there. You're going to like, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to sign elsewhere. They're going to start working elsewhere. They're going to work under their other names and they're not going to be able to work for you anymore. And when you do that and you have this kind of the distribution that they've had and the taping model that they've always had, um, you end up with people that are inaccessible. So you just have to develop storyline reasons that they no longer have the belt and then, you know, put someone else in it all over again. So there's quite a few tournaments in WoW's history to get, uh, to get the belts back onto people who are active in the promotion. Mm-hmm. But and like the viewer side, it's always like a really interesting way to have like three or four storylines come together and stuff. Yeah, it's weirdly cohesive. And I do really appreciate the mm-hmm. fact that whenever there's a like vacated belt, they come up with a story for it and not just like, uh, we need a new champion. Yep. <laughs> there's a reason for it, which it is fun too. Like it adds to the lore, the mythos of wow. <laughs> it's a it's a it's attention to kayfabe that like are just our little soft boy mark david mcclain just seems to to can't let go of like there's no inch of story that they won't cover yeah loves it (laughs) our second match in episode one is candy crush versus coach campanelli both of these um characters have been around for a little while and uh, I could not find information on either of the women who are portraying either of these characters. So they are uh, seem to be in-house talents primarily. And we saw Candy mm-hmm. Crush take the win over Coach Campanelli. Um, Candy has also quite the background story. Um, I will give you a little taste of it from her bio on the Wikipedia. In her younger mm-hmm. years, Candy pushed herself to the limit as she endured grueling training to be an Olympic synchronized swimmer. The abuse of coaching and overtraining led her to struggle with depression. Candy made the impossible decision to leave the sport she loved because she knew she deserved more. But without synchronized swimming, she felt lost. Everything changed when boxing found her. Through professional boxing, Candy found her inner fighter again. For years, she's climbed through the ranks of a male-dominated sport, and now Candy has made her way to, to WOW to fight for every girl that's been told they're not good enough. Yeah, like, she has a big video package too. That's basically that. Mm-hmm. Very and the modeling. Comment, the commentary takes a lot of lot of that and works with a lot of that story in her in her match. Um, they bring up her grandmother. They mm-hmm. bring up her like her body history with um, being an Olympic uh, Olympic athlete. Like, yeah. they just. <laughs> They really, um, they really sell that backstory thoroughly, and it, it is a benefit to having so much backstory to work with. Um, they're not as focused on like calling the ring action, but I think that is where um, AJ is really coming in handy because I think mm-hmm. in previous seasons the commentary kind of derailed a bit. There wasn't enough. There wasn't a person on there who could speak to 
being a woman in the ring. And I think AJ fills that spot really, really well. And she does it with, in a way that like brings the focus back to the wrestling at important times. You know, there's, mm-hmm. it's good to have the story building, but like, I also, I, I do want a little bit of my commentary to focus on those moves because I, I just, I do, I think it, we're, there's a reason we're watching a wrestling match. Um, yeah. Yeah. So AJ's lending a ton of credibility there and giving some gravitas to um, David and, and Stephen who don't always succeed in that realm Mm -hmm. um i really enjoyed coach campanelli that was my first time seeing that character in action um she has a little video bit with candy before the match so i don't know if you saw this but um like candy is alone in the locker room and she's like doing that boxing thing like on that little bag (laughs) or whatever (laughs) and coach campanelli walks up and she's like huh wonder where you get the crush part of your name in it's not anything with those noodle arms of yours <laughs> and then she walks off and candy's just like oh man <laughs> <laughs> like oh it's great and just the fact that she's this coach character which to me kind of i think of like um coach mcgurk from home movies that type of like coach character <laughs> so her looking like she's like 19 is very funny to me <laughs> but she she's a great cowardly heel she was ducking out of the ring a lot to start off she ran around a couple times kept getting out of the ring I like her I see good I like, things from her I like her a lot um Candy got Candy got the emphasis on this match on commentary and, and got the win but I do think that uh coach Campanelli like proved to be kind of the steadier hand in the ring she had an yeah. understanding of timing with her audience that I don't feel like Candy quite got um yeah I think they absolutely. were both I think they were both good. I just, I do think coach Campanelli came off as like the more seasoned of the two wrestlers, which is, you know, it works like mm-hmm. yeah. given their gimmicks, but that's not, that's not, doesn't seem like out of the realm. Um, I'm interested yeah. to see yeah. more from coach Campanelli. I love a coach gimmick. I really do. I'm a sucker for like a gym mm-hmm. coach gimmick. It's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Also uh, something you learn right away from watching like an episode of wow is like, the names are going to tell you what you need to know. Like you're going to get it in the gimmick and you're going to get it in the costuming and everything, but you're going to know exactly who you're dealing with just by the names alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we move on to our third match of the evening, BK Rhythm versus <laughs> Vivian Rivera. BK Rhythm, I recognized right away as Killa Kate. Um, she is filling the, uh, the fourth generation of BK who is a um, uh, a, a white rapper. <laughs> I didn't know that BK Rhythm was a previous um, character, but I remembered in the 2019 while Nikita Lyons was Faith the Lioness and she was a white rapper as well. It's like a niche they need filled. It's, it's really hard to watch sometimes. I won't lie. Uh. Um, I, I give, I give Kate so much credit in this role because she really just puts it out there, comes yeah, out. Shutter um, like cheddar. <laughs> I heard that rhyme a lot. Ah, uh, so good. And mm-hmm. gets right in the face of her competitor, uh, Vivian Rivera, who's being sold to us very quickly as, uh, as a just chief baby face in this match, mm-hmm. um, inspired by both Eddie Guerrero and AJ Mendez. And um, they put AJ over big on commentary 
by that shout out. Um, yeah, but right away because getting in Vivian's face and rapping at her and the audience and audiences not not loving it, but also loving the performance. And uh, both both women go over here, but Vivian gets the win. She is a graffiti artist, they say, which is really cool. Like, I would love to see what art she makes. I love when wrestlers also do art. I think that rules. <laughs> yeah, from her bio, struggling for years with depression and thoughts of self-harm, Vivian quickly realized that the systems in place were not on her side. She soon developed a strong desire to heal, not just for herself, but for her community. Vivian didn't want to succumb to her circumstances and battles, but rise despite them. She earned her master's degree and became a social worker to serve the people she loves. Through it all, she still loved wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> doing it doing it getting it done and then wrestling on the side yeah absolutely social work and wrestling yes a social worker wrestler I love it yeah <laughs> uh, I like this match a lot I don't know that the I don't know that this one stood out to me like the other ones did um with the ring work but and it was, I mean, it was probably the shortest of the three matches, I believe. Mm -hmm. But they were both pretty comfortable in the ring. I thought that both acquitted themselves perfectly well. Um, I feel like there were some limitations to this match, and I'm not sure exactly sure what I even mean by that or like where the, those limitations came from. I just, I have seen some really great Killer Kate matches, um, and this one was just so so. But it, it's also like, it's a, it's a challenge to be a wrestler who has to wrestle in a character and possibly have to wrestle a different style. Mm -hmm. And um, that might've accounted for some of the, like some of the bit of the hesitancy here. Mm -hmm. And I believe uh, Vivian is a newer one too. Yes. She seems, yeah. she seems like a baby. A little green. Yeah. yeah. Both a face, but also it's little baby. Yes. Um, and something that, that, I thought it was interesting that they touched on um, on AJ says at some point in the commentary that she's inspired by Rivera's story, mm -hmm. um, but they didn't really talk too, too much about her backstory, even as much as we delved into it. So I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to bring out more of that as the season goes on. Yeah. There might be a good chance for some uh, like that mentor and apprentice type relationship. <sighs> they love so much in wrestling, which I always like to. And um Hopefully, I think Lana Starr is going to be in this season, too, because she's been, like, all the wow. But she's, like, my favorite sort of evil blonde um, yes. commentator person. Like, she's, like, I'm such a mark for this sort of woman. <laughs> oh, she she's so evil. I love it. Lana Starr is um, one of the people that left the most, like, the biggest impression on me. Mm -hmm. in the previous incarnations of of wow so i'm i'm really excited by the potential of her returning cuz she is just she's fantastic yeah she's like chaos incarnate um in the 2019 season of wow she does like this whole thing throughout where she's always like seducing other blondes with like the promise of like beverly hills like hedonism <laughs> and botox <laughs> um and she's always like molding a protege and then a new blonde comes in and she like scraps that one and grabs the new one. Um, but the season culminates with her uh, getting two other women, Amber O'Neill and Chrissy Vane back together. They were called uh, Team Blondage in WOW, I believe. 
um they all like gang up on Nikita Lyons who was you know a failed protege at one point of Lana's and they cut her hair <laughs> not like a oh. hair versus hairstyle thing where they shave her bald that would have really ruled but like they cut like three inches off of her extensions and she's crying and she like runs into the back and like has that like um it's like a like a character trope thing where like you cut your hair like on your own you're like oh, I'm taking ownership of this and she's like crying and she's really like she's flexing the acting bone and it's really <laughs> it's really great and David <laughs> McLean on commentary during it he's just so perfectly helpless like <laughs> someone's gotta stop this you know <laughs> nobody does wait I that just actually occurred to me oh now I don't even remember are there officials in the ring for the matchup? Yes, there have to yes. be. Yeah, I, uh, something I happens. Think... I want to say something happens to the ref and they're just completely like, they all just stand and watch. They just watch these women cut off these girls' extensions. And <laughs> I feel like you barely notice the officials in these matches. Um, and it might be just to the testament to like how much is going on in the ring and how little, they don't put a lot of emphasis in the the camera work in, um, in, the like officials and everything aside from the counts like you don't see them on screen a ton like you might see in like i i'm always very like aware of where the officials are in a in the way that aew or like mm-hmm. new japan um, yeah. presents yeah. their their broadcasts whereas with wow and the way that they've edited these episodes you, the focus is so much more on the women and even on the crowd than than on like the officials in the background mm-hmm. so like i completely forgot about them until like until the you know counts yeah yeah absolutely there's there's a couple like skirmishes i can remember in like the 2019 season where of course the refs will come out like to you know separate people or there's there's a couple things where like tag teams will like distract the refs but like yeah they're they're not like really characters like you know bryce remsburg is like in AEW. like he's basically his own character too and like audrey so yeah yeah. i've become i think i've become very used to that i've become Mm -hmm. used to like thinking of the officials as an extension of the match and, and, and wow, they're definitely kind of treated more in the traditional fashion of like, don't look at them until they're important. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was our third match of the evening. And then the final match, our main event of, of episode one was the beast, our current wow world champion versus, as we mentioned before, Adriana Gambino, who may mm-hmm. or may not have killed an ex-boyfriend prior <laughs> to coming to wow maybe a murder who knows um again there are no mysteries to um the characters in wow so if you hear the name adriana gambino and you're like i wonder if that's like a mafia-esque gimmick yes you, absolutely yes again, complete, with to- the, like, <laughs> complete with the like when she came out and did her her entrance and she's in the ring she's doing i don't even know how to describe the hands but like <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, just like little, like I'm doing it right now and it's great because there's no video. <laughs> just like yeah, little capiche, the capiche yes. fingers. Like she's doing that. Yes, the, the, the gestures. She's doing yeah. that. She's got a hat. She's got a fur. Like it's. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> it's great. Yeah. She, um, she shows up like I think episode 31 out of 32 episodes in the 2019 season and she has this great big video package and they say that her dad runs a pizza parlor or something (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but then in the in the law bio they change it to like waste management which i believe is a sopranos reference um <laughs> and then like right at the end they're like oh also she's really good at poker and gambling because <laughs> her name is gambino like it's in it's amazing to me where they stop short of caricatures because it's like i'm surprised that she doesn't have like a move that's called like the spicy meatball yeah yeah the pizza cutter (laughs) (laughs) oh forget about it (laughs) oh my god yeah the gabagool oh my god that should be your finisher the gabagool gabagool. (laughs) we're definitely watching a 2022 version of wow if we were watching maybe maybe the 2013 version of wow that might have been that might have been the case for adriana I mean, I'm I'm at least impressed that they didn't give her a Jersey Shore gimmick because, you know, sometimes wrestling is behind by like 10 years. Yeah, they kind of went for a more like evergreen stereotype, which I, I'm about, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, you know, bully on me. I, I, I looked at the bio and it said hailing from New Jersey, New York. And I was like, there's no such place as New Jersey, New York. <laughs> there is. There's a West New York within New Jersey. But I thought they had just like tried to retcon her bio. They couldn't decide if they wanted her to be New Jersey Italian or New York Italian. You know, <laughs> it's all the same. She is challenging the beast here for the WOW World Championship. This is a pretty quick match for being a championship match. Um, mm. I, I don't remember on commentary if they set up how she got this challenge or, you know, what, what brought her up in the ranks. But um she doesn't succeed um the beast is a character that i'm like that i kind of chiefly associate with wow um when i watched the 2019 run i feel like that i mean that was my first introduction to her because she's you know purely in in wow she's a wow creation but i remember her first and foremost amongst everything that i remember from from that access run yeah yeah she ended up uh winning the belt from tessa in the 2019 run which was great and uh by the way the video package at the beginning like no mention of her tessa blanchard whatsoever which is great for everybody involved um you only see like the back of her head in a beast video package mm-hmm. and it's all of like her getting slammed as so though her face is obscured and stuff but yeah she was one of uh she was like david mclean's like like little sweetheart i guess and he he was uh he didn't want to give her up, but you know, it happens. You got to get rid of that garbage. I mean, yeah, we haven't talked about this a whole lot, but um, wow, in its recent years has been very much like the home promotion for Tessa Blanchard. Tessa was like their big, like get, because yeah. I know that we are all forgetting this now, but like back in 2018, like but 2018, end of 2018, even into 2019, one of the biggest names in women's wrestling was Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. And she wasn't even signed by a major promotion at that point. She was just doing really stellar work in the promotions that she was a part of. And wow, really capitalized on that. They mm-hmm. used her. They, they were able to well use her association with wrestling and her family association. They did that a lot in, with her and Santana Garrett, um, building that kind of story off of their shared, like their shared lineages. Mm-hmm. So they really like rode the Tessa Blanchard train hard. They did. Yeah. 
it, it speaks to how much she has, how many bridges she has burned and just how much she has blown up for herself that even wow doesn't want a piece of her now. Yeah. I, I watched the 2019 version through and I skipped most of her matches. Um, well, actually all of them. Uh, she's a terrible actress and it's kind of funny to watch the clips for that reason. Um, but at the same time, like, um, I went back again and I kind of like had them on in the background as I was like, you know, painting or drawing or whatever. And it's just so much of them being like, oh, like she's so great. We love her. And it's just like, it's kind of delicious now knowing that she just like absolutely ruins it. Like, (laughs) They don't want her anymore. She's just been erased from their like history. And that to me, honestly, is kind of fitting. Like, Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not even, you know, what things that she has said that have, you know, hurt people or, or things like, like Tessa did a perfectly good job of wrecking things for her own self Mm -hmm. and her own career. So like whatever scandals, whatever, whatever, you know, issues she had, whatever things people, you know, came whatever came out about her and her actions in the past none of that hurt her tenure at wow or even impact or anything like that no they were gonna ride it out they had the nuclear shirt exactly they were they were just going with it they were gonna stick yeah. with it because they had tessa blanchard and they were gonna, they were gonna stick with it yep blew up she in was their the, face. she was the only one who got in her own way here so yep. like it, it it's been kind of phenomenal to see that self-destruction happen to that extent because so few women wrestlers get so many chances that she's had Mm -hmm. that it's kind of incredible to see someone blow it all to pieces like there's a weird part of me that's almost like yeah you just really wanted to burn all those motherfuckers down didn't you like (laughs) (laughs) you take yourself out with them uh um, so she is very much a part of WoW's most recent history, and they have done a pretty, I'd say a pretty fine tooth comb job here of, of distancing themselves from that. And for good reason, because it's, I mean, this is a fresh start for them. This is a fresh start mm-hmm. for the promotion. This is a fresh deal. This is brand new. They've got brand new executive producer. They have new credibility to establish themselves. It makes sense to just say like, past is the past. We're not going to really, you know, talk about previous champions, et cetera. We're just going to, you know, really lay claim to the beast. Like they have mm-hmm. since the beginning. Yeah. And she's great. Like she really fits the, um, the archetype they've built for her so well. Like she's jacked as hell. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I just like to me, cause I love this sort of like, uh, juxtaposition. She often wears those little bandanas with like the tie in the top and it just looks like a cute little bow on top of her head. And she's just like this. It's a little too cute. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then she's just like, I'm the beast. And like, they have a video package before their fight of her pulling like a car, like on a train, like she's Mm -hmm. on like train tracks and she has a chain and she's like pulling it. And (laughs) they add in all of these like animal roars over her, like grunting. And (laughs) it's incredible. It's perfect. The, yeah. the production is really having fun with her yeah. with her gimmick and really like going ham on what they what they throw into the videos um and she is jacked and she is fierce and they bill her as a black belt in krav maga and mm-hmm. a emt when she's yeah. not in the ring um yeah because yeah. everyone's got layers and layers of backstory absolutely <laughs> 
Um, and this is a pretty one-sided match. I'd say for the most part, um, Adriana does her best, but it's clear that the beast is just going to destroy her. And yeah. she puts her away pretty tidily in about six and a half minutes, um, putting her away with a power bomb. And then we get a little run in from Reina Del Rey. <laughs> that is right. Yes, she was formerly venomous in the 2019 season. And I believe Rana Del Rey is her regular wrestling name. So they got her to uh, switch to that. So that's cool. She's like kind of like a Hoss type character. So mm-hmm. I'll love to see them. They they had a match in the 2019 season too, but it was pretty like kind of short lived too. Because um, it was like early into the Beast's like championship. So it was just in, like another quick squash match. But, you know, these things can be forgotten about in wrestling so easily. <laughs> um so outside of her character in wow um rena del rey um is ruby rays ruby rays yeah yeah so i have seen her i've seen i'm now i'm forgetting what kind of promotions i've seen her i think i've seen her in a lot of west coast stuff there's a lot of west coast rest based west wrestlers who work for wow because they primarily have taped and filmed in in like los angeles area um but I'm trying to remember where I've even seen her. I know I've seen her around. She's I've seen uh, her on like uh, those random, like, again, it's on like the Pluto TV wrestling channel. It's like women's uh, wrestling, like revolution. It's like the weird stuff that like DJ Hyde would package out and call it like yes. babe attack. <laughs> yeah, because she's a Los Angeles wrestler, like through and through. She was trained at Santina Bros. Like mm-hmm. she, um, every, most of her like major credits come from like West Coast promotions. So um yeah, but she's a powerhouse and I'm looking forward to the match between her and the beast because uh it's great to see like, you know, like super ripped cut against uh, just a, a, a hoss. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I do remember, I don't know if this is like from her real life, but I remember her story in the 2019 one um was uh that her and her family like when she was like young they would get all the kids together and just make them fight in the backyard (laughs) (laughs) so i think it might be one of those like uh like real life turned up to 11 type things but i'm into it i think she's gonna have a she's gonna have some good times there and wow yeah i'm really curious i mean I have just been kind of taking it for granted that like all these constructions, all these like backstories and everything have been purely kayfabe. I'm wondering how much the wrestlers themselves are allowed to, to add to their backstory or provide content for their backstory or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I'm feeling like not a ton, but there's so much specificity in some of these bios. I feel like, does a writer just come up with that or do they get that from the person who's portraying that character? Yeah, yeah. Especially like if it's a new one or not. Like the one example I kind of noticed um, is in the tag team Exile, which is um, the one led by Malia Hosaka in the 2019 one. And I think they're, they're going to be in this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Malia Hosaka and then uh, Exodus, who is Karen Tran, KZT. She does like Bloodsport and CFU a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, another woman, Selena O'Sullivan, who is ex- or, um, Genesis, is her name, <laughs> code name, and wow. And <laughs> the Exodus character's bio is the same as Malia Hosaka's, which is just kind of like an overview of the three characters and like where they came in in the 2019 one. And then like over the weekend, I saw the Genesis one was changed and it's like 
oh, I, I lived here in Australia, which is true to the character, to the, like, the regular lady, <laughs> not the kayfabe one. It's like, oh, I lived here and then I was exiled and I'm really bummed about it. But now I'm in this group called Exile. And it's like, I feel like one of the creative directors was just like, hey, if you want to like pad your bio with some stuff, go nuts. And she was like, <laughs> oh, cool. Like, and she's like, what, what trained in weapons? So there's all this footage of her like swinging swords and stuff around on her Instagram, which I think they might bring in. So that's something I look forward to personally. <laughs> With more swords more swords please more swords. and thank you yeah. <laughs> well so overall um based on what you have watched previously from wow how did you feel about th- about this for this first episode for the new season i'm excited um it's it's kind of hard because at first it's like oh i wanted to see like this long list of characters but that would have been like a three um three hour episode um but I am excited to kind of see this new format. I want to know where it goes with AJ. Like, I want to know if she wants to get back in the ring. Like that mm-hmm. whole thing with Vivian Rivera being like her mentor might be something cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm digging it. Like it's it's not anything too heavy. Like I can't see people getting in heated Twitter arguments over the show. Or maybe they should. That could be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I guess my real question is how do you feel like this is going to work to the plan of getting casual viewers or like, do you think that this is a show that non wrestling fans would like be able to get into? I can see myself pitching this to my friends that like drag race or like stuff like that. Like it's almost got that kind of like campy reality show where you can just be like, Hey, you want to see something kind of funny and like just show them that like, um it to me I almost like think it might be best like experienced in person too like it just seems Mm -hmm. like a lot of fun like to see live like oh yeah for sure and like um I have some friends that don't watch wrestling and some of them like I've I took to a WWE show and it was a Smackdown before they went to Fox and it was like almost kind of embarrassing for me because they're like not really like they don't really know what it is so like there was all these commercial breaks and stuff and it like kept killing the momentum um up until the 205 live like that was like really like fun because we got to be there closer and stuff so I think it might be easy for casual people to get into it because it's a little more like intimate and silly and it's not like so heavy into like oh like you have to know all of these like wwe history guys or all these like indie guys and stuff it's accessible i think is the succinct way of putting that (laughs) yeah there's not a lot of emphasis on needing to like know the history of these characters like the commentary Mm -hmm. does a good job of telling you what you need to know in the moment and gives you enough of like story-based information that like if you haven't seen you know season seven or season six if you haven't watched the access years like it's okay this is yeah like, there's definitely the feeling of like this is a fresh start everybody's on the same page here's what you need to know about these people we're you're, you're good no matter where you're coming in on this mm-hmm. so i guess the other question then is if you're someone who does watch wrestling on a regular basis whether it's wwe or independence how do you feel like wow stacks up against those those entities Oh man. See, I don't want to like demean it or anything because I feel like this could easily attract like a lot of people being like, oh, it's not that good or whatever. 
but I think if you like fun like in your like wrestling you're gonna like it um if you're able to like embrace that campiness I guess like it's a little dorky but it's really fun like you're not gonna see like really like gory spots or anything um which I mean I like that like I'm a weirdo but this is just like something a little more fun and accessible I think like if you're not a jerk you're you're gonna like it (laughs) yeah I I think that you you make a really good point I I think dorky is a really good word for Mm -hmm. it and I I think you have to keep wow in the perspective of what it is what it's not trying to be Mm -hmm. like it's not trying to be serious it's not trying to present you like it's not even trying to present you sports entertainment it's trying to present you entertainment period that is framed around wrestling nobody's trying to impress dave Meltzer, and it's really refreshing yes it's really not for it's 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 not for that it's not for the match ratings yeah and a lot of it i think is like they really base it on like women's empowerment so it's it almost to me it's like a little more character driven like if you want to just like project onto like a character like archetype for a little bit like it's just fun to escape into yeah i think that's precisely what it is like if you're looking for some color something colorful something repulsive something that's got like you know a lot of attention to to performance first and like wrestling second uh you you'll find a lot to really enjoy about about wow um it has its limitations as far as itself as a wrestling entity in, in that realm, but as a television show, as a like fun, I don't know, diversion, it really, you really could find, you can't find much better. Like it's a lot of fun to watch. It's fun to dive into and it's supremely fun to summarize. Like Mm -hmm. if you get into the stories of it, it's really fun and funny to like, be able to share it with other people. I mm-hmm. think this would be a show I would ideally would, would want to watch with other people. So it's too bad that I'm not in my twenties getting to hang out with people at 1130 PM on a Saturday night and watch this on television rather than like, you know, watch it on YouTube by my lonesome. This yeah, seems to yeah. me like a lot more fun with a, like a, a small group of people that you could watch it with. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll lend itself to that more once there's like a solid other season on Pluto for us to stream. <laughs> I definitely feel like I could watch this with like non-wrestling fans and have them get into just like the the fun of it to get yes. into the like colorful chaos of it. Yeah, it's definitely a really fun gateway drug. Like it's not really threatening. Like I feel like if I was like to pitch to my friends like, oh, watch this Kenny Omega 16 minute like, <laughs> Japan match. Like you kind of have to be like a little more acquainted with it. Like Eddie Kingston's one of my favorite wrestlers, but I don't think he's for like, I, I wouldn't want to like just show them like his match against like Ishii like that that's something you want to work up to like, yeah yeah like you gotta I get people into wrestling a lot with like Orange Cassidy like he's one of those like good catches like he would fit in well it wow like if he wants to just be like a nice man in the crowd <laughs> <laughs> Please. Or like if they had like if they had like an Orange Cassidy type character or something like that, like that sort of like comedy like inversion, like it's really easy to like show like something like that to a friend and be like, look at this, isn't this kind of fun? Like, same thing. Here's this cheerleader landing on her face. Like, 
there's so little realm for women's wrestling to do that right now in like the major promotions, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have Mm -hmm. that many women wrestlers who are allowed to be, you know, to have a prominent place in their promotion while also playing a gimmick that's in that's like unconventional like mm-hmm. orange cassidy or dan house and etc mm-hmm. like you think about the women who are at the forefront of wwe or at the forefront of AEW, they're playing gimmicks that are much more like straight and you know like they're and not you know high concept and caricature or stereotype based mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's I think that there's room for that. I think there's need for that. I think there's need for flavor in and all types of flavor in women's wrestling as there is in all forms of wrestling. So WOW is providing, you know, an outlet for people who want to, you know, be playful and have fun, have like, mm-hmm. you know, put the fun first in it, which is totally legit, totally fine. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be this big, like, you know, war and peace style build as some man once said. <laughs> but speaking of gateway drugs if this is our listeners gateway drugs to you Lindsay, how can they follow up and find you online okay i am on twitter way too much but if you just want to follow me for the art i would suggest following me on instagram uh both names are at sign Lindsay ray gun r-a-e-g-u-n please make sure you, that you seek out Lindsay on Instagram so you can see all of her terrific art and make sure that you are following Grit and Glitter on Twitter at Grit Glitter Podcast. You can find our Patreon. We just released last week in lieu of a wow episode, we released our second episode of Grit, Glitter and Glow where myself and Val Quartz cover Netflix's Glow uh, episode by episode. We just cu- released last week a free listen of our episode two and on our patreon soon to be released is episode four covering episodes five and six of the netflix series and episodes five and six of season one of of glow are really good episodes really especially good and very pivotal pivotal for not just the season but like the series itself like the entirety of the series so please consider subscribing to the great and glitter patreon so you can listen to that episode as well as our latest episode of women's wrestling entertainment where harley and i exhaustively research the history of women's wrestling in the wwe um harley does an amazing job with that research we really try and just watch everything that is come coming out we're getting into kind of a dead period so in the coming episodes we're going to be talking a little bit about what was going on in wcw at the time that fabulous mula was imploding slash exploding the women's division in wwf Remember, when you subscribe to our Patreon, you are not just giving me and Harley money so that we can potentially buy tickets to the next Women of Wrestling taping. No, you're giving us money so that we can offset our podcast recording costs and also so that we can support independent promotions that you love. So we sponsor various promotions. We sponsor Enjoy Wrestling and Wrestlers Lab and... Uh, too many to even remember, but we have sponsored many people who are doing the work that you enjoy. So help us continue to do that by subscribing to our Patreon, sending us a couple bucks a month and we'll make it worth your while. I promise. Next week, Chewie's in charge of our days and our nights and also of our podcast next week. He's got something, uh, a little surprise for us. I'm not even sure what it is, to be honest. So we will uh, hear you again next week. <laughs>